वी आर डूइंग श्रीमद भगवतम कैंटो इलेवन पार्ट टू दिस इज चैप्टर ट्वेंटी एट वी हैड डन टिल वर्स एटीन टिल यस्टरडे द डिस्कशन दैट वॉज देयर इन टिल वर्स एटीन वॉज देर इज नो एब्सोल्यूट फैक्चुअल बेसिस एंड वॉट एवर दैट वी सी विथ आवर माइंड स्पीच लाइफ एयर बॉडीली फंक्शंस इट इज अनरियल वी हैव टू कट दिस विद नॉलेज नाउ दिस नॉलेज कैन बी गेन्ड थ्रू फॉलोइंग अ स्पिरिचुअल मास्टर so when you get a spiritual master you will be able to he will be able to guide you but you cannot say that you know i want to get this through the normal channels like schools you know the way you pay the fees and so on and so forth no it has to be done by worship alone that means when you worship the spiritual master then the knowledge can be transferred it is not like a bookish knowledge it is not any kind of a knowledge which you can get it from the marketplace you know just like that you go maybe search on the internet and get it no then that is not the knowledge that you are getting so this is what we had discussed as of yesterday we are doing shrimad bhagavatam canto 11 part 2 chapter 28 the chapter is called gnani yoga this is a teaching of shri krishna to uddhava now this is called uddhav gita otherwise we are doing verse 18 from chapter 28 of gnana yoga real spiritual knowledge is based on the discrimination of spirit from matter it is cultivated by scriptural evidence austerity direct perception reception of the puranas historical narration and logical inference the absolute truth which alone was present before the creation of the universe and which alone will remain after his destruction is also the time factor and the ultimate cause even in the middle stage of this creation's existence the absolute truth alone is the actual reality so there are two things which are mentioned over here one is how is this knowledge fructifying in a person you have the knowledge the knowledge is existing in this material world how does it fructify how does it come to fruition naturally the reason why you want this knowledge is because you want to get out of this cycle of rebirths that is the first thing that we have to know right why do you need this knowledge you don't want to be born again and again and again and suffer the same fate over and again and again because it has to stop somewhere right this you need to stop it somewhere so this knowledge is important so it has to come to you second it is talking about how before during and after the time of this creation what actually happens what is it that stays behind what is it that stays so we are doing this in two parts so the first part we will do real spiritual knowledge is based on the discrimination of spirit from matter <clears throat> this is the beginning what does it translate in everything in this material world whether it is a complex theory that you are reading maybe you are looking at some historical you know stories in the stones archaeological finds maybe you are looking through a microscope or a telescope or for that matter even in psychology you make you know you go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and you make certain judgments now what are these judgments based on they have done that research there is something available like say for example if you are if you are doing archaeological research then naturally what are you are doing is you are finding those 
artifacts and then you are sending them for carbon dating and then you are going through the historical data that is available in the past, maybe the language, maybe the people, whatever it might be. We are just analyzing it and then coming to certain conclusions. So let's say for example, the cave paintings which are there in France. Now these have been identified as 25,000 year old. There are some cave paintings in France. So how did they arrive at this? So there was a certain scientific methodology used. So there is a technique used. Now in spirituality, what is it that you need is what we are doing over here. So the opening statement says, it's based on the discrimination of spirit from matter. Everything that you see, touch, feel, experience in this universe is directly associated to matter. You understood? Everything that you experience in the material world is directly associated with matter. But the study of spirituality has nothing to do with the matter. This is the first thing that you need to understand. So anybody who is giving proof of whatever archaeology or science or physics or chemistry or universe, you name it. As somebody who is an astrophysicist is giving you some great funda about, you know, some theories and how this universe began and all that. He or she is talking only about matter. Now, matter can be light also. Light, please understand light, energy, sound, all these are energy sources matters. And they matter to human beings and to the knowledge base. But spirituality has nothing to do with matter. Did you understand? So, any person who is raising doubts in spirituality by scientific basis is doing something absolutely crazy because I am telling you it has nothing to do with matter. The scriptural texts are also discussing that it has nothing to do with matter. I use matter to arrive at some conclusion. Now, what do you mean by matter and conclusion? Do you know what is the meaning of the word matter? This is a scale. Now, I can measure with this scale the size of anything that is lengthwise, isn't it? But the size of that particular object is known by using this scale. This is also matter, that is also matter. So, if I use my cell phone and I say, okay, what is the size of this? So, I am going to hold it like this against it and then arrive at the size. But then I have come to know the size of this, right? Length and breadth and height. The moment I come to know the size, why do I need the scale? Did you understand? So, I discard the scale. So, I, now I know the size of this matter. Exactly how science is used. Science gives certain proofs relating to its formulas. The formula will say that this particular star contains this particular element. How does a person come to know that there is hydrogen and helium on the sun? Through various scientific techniques, spectroscopy or whatever. I don't know what are the things that they do. But whatever that they do, they are using scientific basis for arriving at the conclusion. The instruments and equipment is not needed once you know that thing. Correct? Here, what is being said, it is knowledge on spirituality is based entirely on the spirit form. Nothing to do with matter. <clears throat> Got it? In my last and the previous 
satsangs i made it very clear to you everything that you go through whatever anger lust greed you name it all kinds of emotions you go through you go through a terrible kinds of situations in your life no money this that all that is connected only to the body and everything connected to the body is unreal did i not tell you i proved it to you that everything connected to the body is unreal and spirituality has nothing to do with the body so do not ever mix up the body concept with spirituality did you get the point so discrimination is the first thing that you need to understand in knowing spiritual remember we did what is called in the first previous one to it dispassion then we did detachment so last time it was detachment detach yourself from the body detach yourself from relatives detach yourself from every relationship that i was speaking about what is the relationship that we are talking about to objects human beings places time everything you have to discard all that so first was dispassion second one was detachment now we come to the third important point which is called discrimination discriminate all that is happening in this material world is connected to matter it is not connected to spirit and spirit is within you so we are discussing about the spirit and how do you get this please remember in the previous verse again it was told to you that your spiritual master is going to teach you these things so first you need to go to a school an ashram or a place where the spiritual master will impart you that knowledge correct so how is he going to impart that knowledge to you he does it by means of the techniques which he has himself developed so some masters may say you sit in meditation some will say you do the japa yoga somebody will be so every master has his own techniques okay so it is not that one master's technique is wrong and the other one is right nothing like that everybody is focusing on how to reach the spirit and not the matter right so even in yoga asana if somebody is saying you need to do meditation and yoga they are telling you to go beyond the body and the mind and the senses naturally when you go beyond the body mind and senses that means you are entering the domain of spirit correct so that is where you have to go so discrimination is important how do you get to it there are scriptures which we are reading just now we are reading what is called as the bhagavatam isn't it shrimad bhagavatam otherwise we do the bhagavad gita sometimes i do some other texts every time i am doing some different different texts so when you read the text when your guru gives you explanations or an understanding about the subject you are getting scriptural evidence you understand evidence proof somebody somewhere has created this proof now how does this proof come into existence i will give you an understanding now now this is a very recent thing which happened yesterday or rather day before in chennai there was a court case all right now there is this lady she was allowed for the first time in indian history to write only her name as a parent in the birth certificate of her child no need of father's name do you know every time in india when you write a uh, some form you have to write your father's name and your mother's name you know that isn't it even on the birth certificate it is a must you have to give the name of the father 
So what happened during that time was when she gave birth. Now she was already divorced from her first husband. Alright, she was divorced from her husband. So this lady went to a clinic and through artificial insemination, that is taking a sperm from outside, she got pregnant and she delivered a baby. So somewhere in the hospital or wherever it was, one of their friends or colleagues name got added as father's name. And this case went on for two years. Like, you know, the lady said, this man has nothing to do with the child. And nobody was willing to accept it. Nobody. Even the registrar of birth and death said, this is not possible. You need a father's name. So the lady went to the high court, Chennai high court. And she fought the case. And finally, after two years, the Chennai high court has given a ruling that that man has no way connected to this child. And the woman has done artificial insemination. They don't even know who is the sperm donor. So cannot be written. The name of the father cannot be written. So only the name of the mother is sufficient. Isn't this a historic ruling in India? Now, one month later or two years later or ten years later, some case will come which is exactly like this. The woman will say, I don't want to tell the name of the father. There is no father. There is already a precedent, isn't it? Remember this case now which I told you about? The case exists and the ruling has already come. There is no need of father's name. So, henceforth, we can take it for granted that that became a precedent. A written word. Now it will go in the history. And once it goes as a history, it literally becomes a law. So then why will a woman want to ever name their child, you know, father is this one and mother is this one. There is no need. She may have the option of not giving out the name of the father. It creates a tremendous amount of change in the, in the entire ruling, isn't it? So legally, the whole thing changes. So now did you understand, the evidence was given by this lady and this new law, this new thing came into existence. Now, you try your level best after this to disrupt it. Nothing can change. Why? Because it's a law. It has become it's become embedded there. This is what is called scriptural evidence. The evidence is existing there somewhere. Somebody has arrived at it. Now, I don't need to go back in time and say, Oh, who is this great guy who went and did it? Nobody is going to say anything like that. Yes, it is there. I accept it. So, scriptural evidence exists in books. In your teacher's training, that means your spiritual master gives a training, he tells you that this is what it is. So, scriptural evidence is what proves to you. Secondly, now when you are doing this scriptural evidence, where you have it, that this is what it is all about. What is it? Proof is there. Second thing, in the ashram you are taught something very unique, austerity. What is austere? Austerity is a word in English dictionary also, it is very much there, no? But in the ashram, what is the austerity? Think about it. In our life, we have to live simple frugal lives, isn't it? Simple frugal lives. Did you see yesterday's wedding? The hats which the women wear, wore for the wedding must have cost a bomb, isn't it? The dress, Meghan Markle and uh, the prince's wedding that was there, each one, every person over there had to wear some fancy, you know, dresses so that it suits the purpose, so suits the occasion. Were they austere? From no angle were they austere. They were frivolous in nature. 
They were useless because the, the, these dresses are of no use after this. Do you think I can wear that fancy hat with that kind of a stuff uh, tomorrow when I am going to work? Just imagine, if I go to work tomorrow wearing that fancy hat and the gown, will anybody, they will all laugh at me even in the, in the public transport or wherever I am going. They will say this fellow is mad or this woman is mad, isn't it? So what happens to those garments? The amount of money that they spent is gone waste. So austerity teaches you not to do this, correct? Frugal living. You don't need so much. Can you live in a suitcase? Can you be clean? Take a bath? No, there is no water here. Even the Eskimo must be taking a bath. Why are you saying that there is no water so I can't take a bath? No, the cleanliness. The basic term austerity can be directly linked to all this. So when you go to the teacher, when you go to the spiritual master, what does he teach you? How to become austere in this world? Why? You want to reach this God, no? If you are going to be bothered about your clothes, you are going to be externalized. Basically, you are looking at external things. And when somebody says something to you, you are thinking about internal things, isn't it? Think, oh, what is she thinking about me? What is he thinking about me? Why are you bothered about somebody else's thinking? You know, it, there is no need absolutely. What other people think about you is absolutely not important because if you are living austere life, then what is the need to think about what other people think? You are clean, you are neat, you are simple, you don't have any fancy, you know, wants and desires, then you are not focused on the external. Otherwise, you are going to be bothered about everything. What I wear, how I look, this, that, all those kind of things, isn't it? In spirituality, nobody cares a damn about those kind of things. No external emphasis. Internally also. What will anybody think of me? Now think of, uh, you know, Priyanka Chopra or all those great people who went for the wedding. What are they going to think when they attend the wedding? How is everybody going to look at me? How are they going to think about me? What is the press going to say about my dress? Isn't that what they are thinking? You got what I am saying? What will the prince look at me and say? What will the princess say? Now she has become a princess. Well, everybody is bothered about other people's opinion. The idea is, don't be judgmental. Judgmental. How is that word coming into the play? If you are focused within yourself on the spirit, why will you bother about what anybody thinks of you or not? Isn't it? It is not important what anybody thinks of you. You have to be clean, neat, tidy, all those kind of things. Kind, compassionate, loving. All those, you know, all the good words that I keep on saying. You do that, then what, what does it matter what anybody thinks about you? You feel happy with yourself and you know that you can face God tomorrow. Correct? There is no problem. I have not done anything wrong. There is actually no right or wrong. <laughs> so even saying that, God, I didn't do anything wrong. You are doing wrong when you say these words. So, then how do you know? Through austerity, you know. When you are austere, you remove the external and the internal covering of yours. Because you are not bothered about it, then you understand the spirit. This is one more method. First was direct perception. Second one was austerity. Third one. Third one is called direct perception. Directly you can perceive the Lord. The spirit can be seen by you. Can be understood by you. Am I not contradicting my own statement? First I said you cannot use the senses to see. And now I am saying you can actually see. You know how it is possible? 
इट इज पॉसिबल बाय टू थिंग्स टू यू कैन बिकम स्पिरिचुअली परफेक्ट इन टू वेज फर्स्ट इज बाय ग्रेस एंड सेकेंड वन इज बाय गोइंग थ्रू द प्रोसेस द प्रोसेस इज इंपॉर्टेंट प्रोसेस ऑफ गोइंग टूवर्ड्स रियलाइजेशन इज इंपॉर्टेंट सो दैट इज इंपॉर्टेंट एंड फर्स्ट वन इज कॉल्ड ग्रेस वॉट इज द ग्रेस द डिवाइन लॉर्ड हिमसेल्फ सेज ओके आई ग्रांट यू द ग्रेस सो ही सैंक्शन यू वॉट इज कॉल्ड एज स्पिरिचुअल नॉलेज सैंक्शन द लॉर्ड सैंक्शन सेकेंड वन इज कॉल्ड द गुरुज ग्रेस रिमेंबर वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट योर स्पिरिचुअल मास्टर द गुरुज ग्रेस कम्स इन simply if you follow all the rules and the regulations you understand what i am saying remember in the previous verse what was mentioned uh, don't forget the previous verse it is only sharpened by the worship of a bona fide master the spiritual knowledge will be granted to you by be doing seva worship worshiping the spiritual master you can get it this knowledge is possible so one is by grace the grace of god and guru correct this is what i have always told you grace of god and guru and second one is through the process the entire process now we are actually doing all the process only direct perception that means you can understand the spirit through this reception of the puranas historical narration by listening when now i am teaching you about history isn't it puranas i am teaching you about puranas sometimes i tell you stories by being in the company of the holy and listening to the scriptural stuff that means when you are going through the scriptures with a bona fide teacher just by listening you can get direct perception and the last one is the most difficult one why because you are going to use all the faculties all the faculties you know what the faculties are your body mind intelligence and so on and so forth when you use them by scientific basis by scientific basis you are using the laws of science laws of science you are using to understand god to understand the spirit that is called logical inference how is it called logical inference you are using everything that is there by scientifically testing it out now you may say how is that possible i will tell you you have been you know sometimes told do yogasana when you do the yogic activities you will find that there is a rise of the kundalini kundalini inside your being and the rise can actually be felt by you people think that it is some fakeology <laughs> there is no such subject as kundalini but of course they don't know about it if you don't know about a bird which is living in say greenland because i have not been to greenland and whether there are birds in greenland also i don't know or papua new guinea you know you know that very far away thing in the pacific and who has gone to that place nobody has gone you go in the in the youtube and see the birds of this papua new guinea okay there's a place papua new guinea it's a, it's a it's an island it's a big island only 5% of it has been explored 95% of the island it is as big as i think australia i don't know how big it is i think it is i don't know it is not been explored so if there is a peculiar bird i wouldn't even know about it so it is exactly like this some people can arrive at some conclusion even without knowing so how can they arrive at that so logic is required so scientific basis is required so logical explanation is required for getting to some answers 
I see YouTube, then I can say, oh, this bird exists in that place. Isn't that how you do it? Logically, you can say, okay, I've seen it in YouTube. Maybe there is something like that. Now, what is it? I told you there are two parts to this answer. So, first part I have finished. The second part is the absolute truth which alone was present before the creation of the universe, which alone will remain after his destruction is also the time factor and the ultimate cause. Even in the middle stage of the creation's existence, the absolute truth alone is actual reality. Now, what is this? We were talking about the spirit, correct? The spirit belongs to what is called as the spirit soul domain, Jeev Atma. The moment I attach the term soul or Atma, it cannot be individualistic, cannot be individual. Then it becomes whole, right? So when it becomes the whole, the spirit soul has absolutely no form. It has no form. It is beyond the normal concept of human beings. We cannot think about those kind of Our mind are not trained to do this kind of a thinking. Then it becomes the absolute truth, which is far beyond our canon understanding. And yet it exists. That is called the absolute truth. There was a very unique question which came up in a satsang today. And the question was, why is it that in the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita and some other place, it is mentioned that in the lower category, huh, why is it that a woman's existence or a laborer and other you know birds and these, why are they classified? So this is a very, very dangerous answer. I know it is something which you will say, how can that be? We are all born equal. Isn't that everybody will say these words? The law says we are equal. Okay. I will try explaining that to you. I am going to start from the spirit soul concept. I am starting from the spirit soul concept. Now, hypothetically, this is a hypothetical way of looking. Hypothetically, think of yourself. You are God. You are God Almighty. So, I give you the onus of deciding what birth the person can have. Alright? So, you are God Almighty, you are going to take the decision. You are the judge for today. Now, in front of you, there is a soul, a spirit soul. Remember, a spirit soul has no body, no body. Now, you want to give as a God, a body to this person. Remember this, you are going to grant a body to this person. Did you get what I am saying? You are the God Almighty for today. And you are going to grant a body for this individual soul, spirit soul, which is there in front of you. You go through the list of karmas this person has. How many of them are there? Gazillions, billions, trillions, you know, so many karmas are there. Now you have a choice of giving them bodies, bodies, a male, a female, and in between, you know, LGBT or whatever you want to call it, an animal, a bird. Anything. You are allowed to give a body to this person, any kind. If you are God and if you have to decide on this issue, which body do you think you will give so that the dissipation of karma happens faster? You understand what I am saying? The karmas can be used up faster. How do you use up karmas? By doing all kinds of karmic activity. Did you understand this? A lot of work gets done, so the karmas get used up. So, will you give a man's body or a woman's body? You are God. Which body will you give? You will 100% give the body of a woman to this spirit soul. 
Do you know why? More karmas will get erased from this person's, this spirit soul's life, isn't it? Because a woman is involved in a million and a billion things more than a man. Can you compare the amount of pain, trauma and whatever that she goes through during childbirth? Can a man even come 1% to it? No. The amount of trouble that she goes through for taking care of the family, the newborn, to you know the children and so on and so forth, looking after the house, the amount of things that she does, can anybody compare that? No. So naturally as God, you will give the spirit soul a body of a woman. But this body is actually a vehicle for dissipating more karma. Dissipating more karma? Removing the karma. Isn't it? Removing the karma. Do you think that is a punishment that you are giving? I want you to think. Is it a punishment to this soul? Or is it because you want the karma to be dissipated? So now you as a God decide. Whom do you want to give this particular body to? So what is the body that you will give? A laborer's body. The laborer works day and night. In the field, in the wherever he is working. You have seen those people carrying on their backs. Or you know working in the fields continuously. Have you not seen them? Are they dissipating karma or they accumulating karma? They are dissipating more. The birds, the animals. Well, a chicken would be dissipating more karma than a human being, isn't it? Because anyway you are going to catch her and put her in a coop and will make her give all the eggs all the time. Right? And then you are going to cut her and eat it. As a human being, that is what we do to the chicken. So you think chicken is not going through a torturous life? Likewise the birds. Likewise the animals. So this is what the answer is. You decide as God. If you want the karma to be dissipated, which body to give? You will find that a woman's body is far more capable than a man's body to dissipate that additional karma that is there. A man's body is incapable. That's it. Why is it called a lower birth, not an upper birth? Simply for this reason is because there is more karma getting washed off. Simple. <coughs> I will give you another example. If you are the boss of an organization and you find that there is one guy in your company who is not doing any work and you catch hold of him. As a boss, what will you do? Will you not give him that work plus some more workload? Have you not gone through this yourself? So much of workload that that person will finally be inundated with work. I mean, isn't that what you will do if you are a boss? So that he covers up for the work that is got left out, isn't it? That is how it works. It's a universal law. But some people may not like it because empowerment and all those things are there. But today please understand, absolute truth cannot be questioned. Can I question the absolute truth? God, I want to come and question you. Can I? Do you think I can say that? I can't. As a human being, I have to only go through my karma. Right? Prarabdha karma. And ensure that I don't know any additional one. How I cannot do additional one? By not getting into karmic traps. Remember I was telling you yesterday or before that. Do not get into karmic debts with anybody. Do not make judgments about another person. Do not say anything bad about another person. Do not get into any traps with other human being or animal or whatever. Don't. So you are going to remove what is called as an agami karma. The futuristic or kriya, kriya man as we call it. So. This absolute truth exists before time, during the creation and at the end of the creation. Now in this thing, 
did I say before, during and after these three things I said? So doesn't that tell you that the absolute truth and time is also important? So time remains. Time is called continuum. It is just continuing. So there is a beginning, there is a middle, there is an end. These three things happen. So this is the second part of the answer. Now we are moving to verse 20. Now this is an example which Krishna is giving. It's called gold alone is present before it's manufactured into gold products. The gold alone remains after the product's destruction and the gold alone is the essential reality which is being utilized under various designations. Similarly, I alone exists before the creation of the universe, after its destruction and during its maintenance. So Krishna is giving one example of gold. When I mine the gold and I bring those gold ingots, then what do I do? I create them into a chain, a bangle, you know, whatever you want to create it. A locket, maybe, uh, you know, uh, maybe a crown also, you may be king. But after I melt that thing, what happens? It again goes back to the original state called gold, isn't it? So gold, in between state, a ring or, you know, bangle or whatever. And then it again melts and goes back into the form of gold. So, gold to back to gold. So, Krishna says, before, during and after. I am like that gold. I am like that gold. I am the absolute truth. I am that gold. So, I am the spirit, the soul, everything that you want to know. That entire thing that I showed you yesterday with the grid also. I am that. There is no change in that. So, I am everything in that case. So, before you got converted into a body, you got converted into a body, you became this body. My essence is inside of you. After this body is destroyed, then what happens? You will come back to the original place. That is me alone. That's what he says. <coughs> the material mind manifests in three phases of consciousness. Wakefulness, sleep and deep sleep. Which are the products of the three modes of nature. The mind further appears in three different roles. The perceiver, the perceived and the regulator of perception. Thus, the mind is manifested variously through these threefold designations. But it is the fourth factor existing separately from all this that alone constitutes the absolute truth. Simple explanation. Whatever that you perceive, whatever you see, feel, touch, whatever connected to the body is not the absolute truth. Absolute truth is beyond all this. Beyond the concept of mind, body and spirit. Beyond that. It's beyond mind, body and senses. All that is on one side. The spirit soul, the soul, the truth is on one side. So, I, we are talking only about this truth. We are not talking about the body. So, he begins over here. The material mind manifests in three phases of consciousness. Now, all this that I am talking about is actually entering your mind. Actually, that's a <laughs> very big judgment I am making. It is entering your mind. Isn't that something very strange? I am saying it is entering your mind. Well, whether it is entering or not, it is somewhere it is absorbing. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it does. So, the mind, that is the material mind, it has got three phases. One, now that you are seeing me, if you are not sleeping, are you sleeping? No. You are watching me? Very good. If you are watching me and if you are seeing me, this is called the wakeful state. You are 
awake. You can see me. You can hear me. Isn't it? Now, before this, what were you doing? You were sleeping. <laughs> with your eyes closed. Sometimes people sleep with their eyes open also. Well, sleeping. So, that is the second state. In between these two states is called the dream state. You have heard of the dream state. So, the material mind is going through these three phases. Is the mind absorbing anything during sleep? There is no way of knowing because we are not conscious of it. It is actually an unconscious kind of a state, isn't it? In sleep, you do not absorb anything, supposedly. But tomorrow, try this. Just before sleeping, you read a portion of the book and you put it under your head and go to sleep and see what happens. Maybe something will enter your brain. I don't know. Maybe the words will start crawling up the book and it is going to enter your brain. I don't know. <laughs> so, in the sleep state also something is actually happening. But we don't know much about it because we have not studied that subject. So, we say conscious state. Conscious state is the state where you are awake. Then in between there is a state which is called the dream state. What happens during the dream state? Sometimes people like Chitti are going to eat chicken biryani in their dream. Because he loves chicken biryani. Some people will want to wear fancy clothes. Some people will want to be wearing, you know, wanting to go for the wedding of that prince. No, no. Something is happening in your dream. It is something that you desire or you want which you cannot get. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's position. Maybe it's something that comes in your dream. <coughs> something else comes in your dream. And we call it nightmares. You are losing your job. You don't have any money left. You are falling off a cliff. Your mother is beating you or some, somebody is beating you or something like that. The police are coming. You are put in jail. You know all that kind of nonsense which comes up. You are in the middle of a sea and you are getting drowned. God knows some nonsense will come and that is called nightmares. <laughs> Maybe you will find some ghosts also coming in your dream. Some dead people. I hear dead people like that. You understand that movie? And he says, I hear dead people. Okay? You may be like that child. So, dream state is that kind of a state. It, it is very unreal. So, when you open your eyes, that state doesn't exist. So, these are the three states which the mind undergoes. These are the three modes of nature. Products of the three modes of nature. What are the products? These are created by the Sattva, Rajas and Tamaguna. Tamaguna will tell you how you can laze away, how you can waste your time, how you can murder people, how you can rob them, how you can do good, you know, bad stuff in this world. Sattva Guna is different, is our complete opposite. You will help people, you will go and, you know, visit temples, you will do all the good stuff. And if you have a dream which is punctuated by this Rajoguna, then what happens? You are making money, you are becomes, becoming powerful, you are becoming famous, all those kind of things. Got it? So, your dreams are designed as a product of these three gunas only. The main designer is the three gunas. They decide what kind of a dream you should have. Got it? The mind further appears in three different roles. The perceiver, the perceived and the regulator of perception. Can you see me? Yes? Very good. So, when you see me, you are the perceiver. You are seeing things. Then, this whom you see, this person whom you see is called the perceived, the object. What is the object? 
just you seeing and me being seen doesn't end no some action is happening there you are seeing this person so you are the one who is watching me seeing me i am the seen object this transaction in between transaction in between is called perception something is happening activity so these three things are there the mind does these three things got it the mind does these three things these three things can be divided into different different stuff you can use your eyes for perception i told you you can use your nose also you can use your ears also mouth also how do you perceive through your nose i am sitting over here i can smell something is burning on the gas stove my sense of smell is there so am i not perceiving it i am actually understanding that something is burning so nose i am the one who is perceptor i am perceiving that thing what is happening over there something is burning that is giving off a smell and that action between these two is the perception not it same way with my tongue i eat lemon drops you know those candies that you get lemon drops the moment i put them in my mouth you know i do like this because it's a little bit saw so the object that is the lemon candy my tongue the moment i put it in my tongue i perceive that it is lemon candy and what happens is called perception right so i can do it with my skin also i can touch some object you get a shock when you touch electrical you know live wires or something like that correct so you that is your sense of touch wire and what happens in between you know that shock which you get is called perception so did you get the point so it is the mind which does all this if i expand this subject further it is the judgment that you make with your eyes you see something with your ears you hear something with your nose you smell something with your mouth you taste something with your body you touch something and your mind then start jumping to conclusions gossip you know when you gossip about someone yesterday i saw that girl she had gone for this megan markle you know that wedding oh my god you should see how she was dressed now you might not have seen this person but you know the way i am describing it to you is creating an impression already it's creating an impression isn't it oh my god she was dressed so badly but if i change my expression and say wow she was really dressed like an angel does the perception change did you see the same thing can be projected in two different ways or maybe multiple ways so in when one person talks to another person or one person gives an impression to another person that is all false impressions this is what the book is talking about it is an impression created in the mind it has nothing to do with absolute truth did you get the point a simple experiment will be like this i do not show you the bottle i will not show you the bottle i will put three drinks in front of you one is coca cola what is pepsi and one is say maybe thumbs up or something like that it will have no label on it or maybe i poured it in a glass can you tell me which is coke nobody can tell you because all three drinks look the same isn't it now <coughs> without using your sense perception you are only seeing okay you are gone to a club or a discotheque and from when you enter you see a woman standing over there you can recognize her now suddenly the lights go out remember there are 100 women in that room can you say where that woman is no it is because of perception you thought you understood where she is isn't it because you perceived it 
But at the end of it, if I remove all the bodies from there, who is the real one? Nobody. Did you get the point? No. Everybody is an angel over there. Now can you tell me who is the one? No, you cannot. If there are 100 marbles, everybody, every marble is different color. And I tell you to pick up the red marble from it. Will you be able to pick it out? Yes, because you are seeing it. Now in a dark room, I give you a box of marble. Dark room. And I tell you, pick up a blue marble. Will you be able to do it? No, because in that darkness, you cannot make out the difference. So, now do you understand when you remove the senses from the picture, when you remove the senses from the picture, the mind has no feed. So, a blind man cannot understand the color of a rose. Got the answer? In the same way, if there is no perception per se, the mind will not get any re responses. So, if you want to become spiritual, you have to cut off all these senses that are there. Cut off. Cut off means do not make judgment with your senses. What you hear with your ears, don't make judgment. With your nose, what you smell, don't make judgment. With your eyes, what you see, don't make judgment. What you hear from your mouth, from somebody's mouth, don't make judgments. What you taste, don't make judgment. What you touch, feel and all, don't make judgment. So, first rule of spirituality is do not go with the senses. So, you will not feed the mind. Why? Why? The question is why? Why should I not feed the senses, you know, the mind with the senses? You know, there are lots of these girl movies. It's all about one person talking bad about another person. You know, so many movies and so many serials are there. So, they call it bitching. One person bitches to another. Oh, she's like this, she's like that, blah, 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 all that. What is the truth in that? There is no truth. It is a perception of that person. Just they are seeing some nonsense and they start making judgments on another person. So, first rule, do not make judgments on anybody. Even if you hear, even if you touch, even if you feel, you may say, I learnt my lesson today. What is the lesson that you learnt? Never to take anybody from their face value. Never to make a judgment. How did you learn? From X I learnt. Because when the person was talking, I learned that I should not be making judgments. X is learning from Y. She gets all her feed from the other friend of hers. Just now only you said, no, you are not going to make judgments. Then why are you telling me X is getting the feeds from Y? That is a judgment you are making. You don't even know. You have no understanding of the subject. In spirituality, we do not interfere and bother our heads about what the mind thinks? Can you understand this subject? If you are in spiritual, why are you bothered about things? See what he says. Thus the mind is manifested. I am sorry, I have extended the time for... I can't see the watch also. One more minute and then I will stop. Variously through these threefold designations, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. But it is the fourth factor existing separately which alone constitutes the absolute truth. Get out of your mind and see the absolute truth. I will elaborate it in the coming week on this. The absolute truth. So I will stop over here and I will see you all coming week.